And every time I close my eyes, I thank the Lord that I've got you. I've got you. Take it up. And you've got me to take it down, baby. Every time I close my eyes, I... <laughs> hey, honey. Welcome back. The year is now 2015. And, spoiler alert, we get engaged nine months into 2015. (laughs) 18 months after dating, I decide to pop the question, the big question. And now, we've completely bypassed the U-Haul lesbian phase and got straight into less matrimony. At this point, I'm identifying as a trisexual because all I want is you. Mm-hmm. All I want is you now. I, I don't know the rest. Um, and also, I don't know if that's how the beat goes, but you know these things about me. You knew I didn't know them words as soon as I started singing that silly, silly song. Okay, but back to the whole 18-month fiancé thing. Once again, people just leave me with you. They just let me go. It's like they don't, they have no regard for my safety. No regard whatsoever. It's like I say stuff and they're like, oh, okay, India, you seem like a pretty good judge of character. What? No, I'm reckless. The classic rebel, the loner, the fringe. But no. They know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm rebellious to a point now. There are rules that must be followed, okay? And I grew up under the rule that once you found your person, you let them know and you don't let them get away. You speak your truth right then and there. I learned that lesson um, growing up and, you know, dating and middle school and in high school and I was like listen I it only took me one time to not speak up for something or someone when I thought I should so when I met you and this love felt like this I said oh no this is some once in a lifetime type of shit honey. you can't fumble this bag don't fumble this bag and so 18 months in, (laughs) we were already talking about getting married, as I said in episode one. Before we were even dating, you were saying that we were going to get married, but we ended up going to this jewelry store in Lafayette. And, oh man, what is that mall called? The Lafayette Square Mall? No, that's in Indy. Either way, we go to this jewelry store, Andrews, Andrews Jewelers, and we're looking at rings, and I find this ring, and I am in love with this ring. It has an oval emerald. It's yellow gold, and it has a halo around it that creates, like, this sun effect. A uh, smooth band, smooth gold band, yellow gold band. Beautiful ring, beautiful ring. Loved it so much. We're not talking about me. Focus, India. Okay, back to you. <laughs> you choose this beautiful white gold ring. And it's a halo. 
and it's got crushed diamonds. I was never a fan of crushed diamonds. And so, you know, we're talking to the lady and we're like, we're not going to get married until 2019. Like, you know, we really just started dating. Like we really like each other and we're vibing with each other. But, you know, eh, we're just looking for fun. And honestly, I don't know if I've ever told this to you, but in that moment, I really did, you know, feel like we were just doing it for fun. Like I wholeheartedly thought we were going to wait to 2019. Okay, maybe not wholeheartedly, but I had pretty good reason to think that we were going to wait until we were, you know, maybe a little bit more established adults first. But that's not the way the cookie crumbled. And I'm glad that it crumbled the way that it did. But in that moment, I didn't have any ulterior motives. I didn't think that I was going to propose a couple of weeks later. And I damn sure didn't think that I was going to be buying a ring that soon. Um, I mean, but I did. I want to say I went back the very next day while you were at work and was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but me and my girlfriend were in here yesterday and I wanted to see the ring that she was looking at. And she brought the ring back out and I was like, okay, this is indeed a crushed center stone diamond type of look. I don't like that. I don't want the cluster, the cluster look. I wanted you to have one single diamond um, center stone. And <laughs> I'm going to, for my video people, put my ring up to the camera because this isn't my ring. It's the ring that I proposed to you with. And you so graciously gave to me during an undisclosed year that I will I will talk about in future episodes. But back to this whole 18-month fiancé ordeal, I am going to save the additional details to a little later on in the episode and kind of talk about how I got to that point of where I was like, no, we're going to wait to 2019. And then the next day I was like, take all of my money. Thank you. Make me a broke college student broker than I've ever been. (laughs) Um, So how I got to that moment, I think a a lot of different things led me to that moment. And part of this podcast experience is me freestyling different memories that come up as I continue to talk about other ones. And some of them I have loosely outlined here, but it's all just me talking out loud about how I love you and how I fell in love with you and (laughs) all that good stuff um so let's start off this episode with I was always quitting the day and I believe that started probably back in year one so this is hell at this point it carried on tradition but I would quit the day in Indianapolis and drive down I had that what was it a Pontiac GMC or something like that. I named it Braxton, my car. At the time, my dad had given it to me, and I would be on that highway burning rubber to get to you. It would be like, oh, okay, my class got canceled. See you. Peace. Me and Braxton are out. I kept a, a, a go bag by the door. Let somebody piss me off. Let a professor cancel a class. Let Stacy send me home an hour early from work. Ah, oh, feels like I have extra time. I'm gone. <laughs> I am on the road. Um, you just felt so good. You felt like home. It felt like, oh, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to pretend to be anything. Um, 
it was like I was just taking off all of the the layers that I had to put on to to go through the life that I was leading back then. I was the vice president of my sorority's chapter. I was an RA. I was working. It was just like, oh my goodness, everything was piling down on top of me. And 2015, you know, I'm also gearing up for graduation that next spring. So I'm finishing up all of my honors courses. And to be in honors college, in college, I know that's kind of like, oh, honors college in college. But to be an honors student and to be at a university that, you know, is new, is a new environment, it's already, you know, challenging enough. But to take on the additional challenge of being an honors student and to be inducted into the, the the first inaugural class for for liberal arts at IEPY. It was such an honor. And you were so proud. And I was like, oh, this feels so great. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Please help. And you were like, yep, I got you. From here on out, don't you even hesitate to ask. Like, I remember celebrating Jessica's birthday, my sister, my older sister. She moved to Indianapolis and she was celebrating her birthday with a party bus and, and some of her friends. And she'd invited me, of course. And I had had the most terrible day. It was a lot of different things going on with the events that we were planning for that uh, semester. I had coursework. I had work things going on, roommate issues going on, just all of the things. And my hair was falling out and I was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I remember finally getting to Jessica's and you meeting me over there and I met you downstairs and I was upstairs with them really putting on a brave face. Like I was cracking jokes. I was laughing. I was entertaining. I was doing all of the normal India things. But nobody could tell that it was just a, a shell. Like uh, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I was just going through the motions. And I came downstairs to meet you, and you just kind of looked at me and was like, mm, "You are having a shitty day." And I was like, I was texting you, girl, trying to tell you I was having a just terrible time. But nobody up there knows because I, I keep lying, and I don't know why I keep lying about it, but I do. And you just hugged me and I all but fucking fell apart. Oh, my goodness gracious. And her birthday is in November, so it's cold outside. And I'm outside about to just <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> and you were like, you know, come on, let's go upstairs. And you take me into one of the rooms and you're just kind of talking to me. And it's it's dark and the moon's kind of coming in a little bit. And you were kind of hinting at, you know, do you want to still go? Like, do you want to still be a part of, you know, tonight's celebration? And I was kind of like, no, oh my God, please help. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I'm falling apart. And I'm in the middle of this nervous breakdown. And you're like, that's okay. We're not going, we're not doing it. Just, I'll just let just know. And again, not that we just, just started dating, but we pretty much had just started dating. And I feel like I left you and Jessica alone for the first time for an extended period of time. And I was like, listen, I got this yard show. I'm out. Got to go. So I can only imagine the the level of depth y'all's relationship was at that point. But we didn't go on a party bus. And we stayed in that room all night. And we laid on this air mattress that was broken. It was like it had a leak or something. So every 
hour or so. We were waking up half on the ground. Next broke just, uh, broke up on that bed. But you laid there with me the whole time. And I was just, oh, I needed it. I needed it. Um, so that was definitely a big, a big part of, of why I proposed. I think I felt like you saw me and you saw that I was all of these things to all of these different people and that I, I may need a, a place to go, a person to go to for a break. Um, cause it's not that I didn't want to be that person or that, that version of me wasn't a valid version of me. I think it was just, no one can, can keep that up for, for such a long time without taking time to rest and recharge and really go into self. And I know, I know that night really, really got me to see that you, you were that person for me and you were, you were that place. We also spent the summer together. Um, and we kind of started in the summertime, so it, it felt a bit familiar, but something that I always look back on for 2015 and kick myself is, why the hell did I keep that job at housing? <laughs> I was a summer intern. Absolutely loved the job, though. I was able to do presentations for the orientations. I was staffing the tables. Like I really felt like a a young professional with them there that summer. But girl, thinking back on it, oh my god, if I knew now, or if I knew then, what I know now, honey, I would have been your sex slave, domesticated housewife. Yes, yes. Why would I have a job? Like, what? So many missed opportunities. But I had a job. And we still were able to spend time together. I remember one day in particular, and I think it might have just been an impromptu thing, but we were on IEPUI's campus because that's where I live, my internship. Um, I had free housing in it. But we went to the campus center, and we were in the games. Um, what is it called? The game center? The rec room? I don't Hell, I'm so old. Oh, gosh, I'm out of touch. I need to. I need to go back and be a better alumni. <laughs> but we went to the game room and we played all these different games. We played pool. We played air hockey. We played checkers. I whipped your ass. We played chess. I definitely whipped your ass. And truth be told, I do believe that was the first time I'd ever won a chess match. Yeah. Because I wasn't really good at chess. I was in the chess club in elementary school, but I wasn't really good at it. Like, I don't think I'd ever won against anybody. And so you might have been my first win, which, whoop, whoop, because I definitely was very nonchalant about it. I was like, yo, girl, you're just bad at this. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just better at it than you. I don't, mm, I was on the chess team. <laughs> What I didn't tell you is that I went to a chess tournament and got my butt whipped so bad that it was a stalemate because I didn't know how to checkmate. And the guy, I want to say, had run out of like moves or something like that. So he couldn't checkmate. Maybe he was just as bad as me. But my coach had made a teammate of mine practice closing moves for the rest of the tournament. Like he was like, no, you're done, bitch. No. <laughs> You're dragging the team down. You're just going to do exercises, okay, for the rest of the tournament. So there I am sitting 
learning how to do different closing techniques for chess. And well, fast forward years later, I checkmated your ass, blue, 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 blue. But after that um, victorious win, thank you, thank you. Uh, it started to rain on the walk home or as we were leaving, as we were leaving IEPY, there was a song that was on that I can't remember, but we were like, oh my God, we love this song. Like, yes, jam. And it might've been, ooh, it might have been that Monica for you, I will. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like in my soul, that's what the song was. But we were like, oh man, it's about to rain. And you were like, you want to run in the rain? And I was like, bitch, I have always wanted to run in the rain. How did you know? (laughs) Right? It was like the perfect rom-com moment. And we were running in the rain and I had on that vintage blue jean dress that I got from, um, oh, that, that super awesome lady at work. Oh, she was great. But I actually still have that dress that's hanging up in our in our apartment today. But I'm running in this dress with you, and there's puddles along the way, and we're splashing in the puddles. And then we get back to my apartment, and we're both kind of, you know, damp a little bit. And we just look at each other, and we're like, yes, we're in love. Fuck yes, let's kiss. Let's touch butts. It was great. It was so great. And again, how could you not fall in love? Like, how could you not? proposed to that it, it, it irresistible you're, you're just so gravitational I was like oh yes I'm doing this I can do this forever um you're always just there like looking out for me and I was everywhere all over the place and it was like you were just this constant thing you remember when I parked on that curb <laughs> I was coming, rushing, just rushing, burning rubber to get from Lafayette back to Indy because I had a midterm. And people used to park on this street, all right, called Porto Alegre. And you had to parallel park. That's how you learn how to parallel park. People's cars was getting bucked up. I mean, dinged up, honey. Bumpity bump, bump, bump. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's never a fucking park. I don't have time for this. Again, you're not here to tell me not to hit the mic. But I'm like, I don't have time for this. I need to find a park. I'm going to be late for this midterm. I only got X amount of hours to turn it in. Like, this is crazy. And I don't find a park. But I find three quarters of a park. I would even dare to say seven eighths of a park. I was just a smidget on the curb, you see. But I had to go. I, I'm in honors college. I was taking the course for honors credit that me and term needed to be aced. And it was, and it was. But not until I got a ticket for obstructing the sidewalk, not until my license was suspended, not until my car got towed. <laughs> I mean, so many things happened during the two hours that I spent taking that midterm that by the time I got out of it, it was like, everything is handled. Let me catch you up on what you missed while you were taking your midterm. So apparently the police had um, drove past and saw that my car was very much so on the curb 
and also obstructing the sidewalk and like a fucking crosswalk. And I'm on a college campus. So what really saved me was that the street that I parked on across that way was uh, a local street or a state owned street or something like that city owned street. So it wasn't a part of my, my university. So that's really what made my ticket not be so much. Um, but either way, my best friend, Lewis, he's, he also worked at housing and residence life at the time. He was like calling me, blowing me up like two times, three times, back to back to back. And I'm like, ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. Okay. What the fuck? Let me just D and D this because what is really happening? And so you had called and I briefly answered and I'm like, you know, Hey, what's happening? What's going on? And I'm in the basement of the library. So my signal is already shit. Can't really hear you're cutting in and out, but you're basically like you parked on the curb. Your car is told, just finish your midterm. I'll take care of it. That's the gist of the message that I got. Literally had to compartmentalize that, block it out so that I can finish my midterm in good faith and in a a good place that I'm not making errors and just doing all types of stuff just because I'm not focused on it. Boop, wiped it out of my memory. You said that it was handled and that you take care of it. I believe that. And to this day, I tell you, when you say stuff to me, I believe it. I I wholeheartedly believe it because I've seen on so many occasions that you see it through and that it happens and it can be the wildest of things. And I'm like, well, God damn it. You, you really pulled that off. All right. Now we going up, Jay. We going up, Jay. You know, it's, I just, I committed to memory. It's a fact. Yeah. My wife said that it's a fact, bitch. And so when you said it's handled, I was like, oh, Olivia Pope style, it's handled, baby. Done. And I get out of my midterm, listening to all of the voicemails that everybody done left and reading through all the text messages, coming to find out that I've got all of these tickets, all of these parking violations, and my car has been told I need to find a ride to get to um, the police station to pick up my keys. And I believe you even orchestrated the ride to, to get me there. My dean ended up picking me up and dropping me off at the, at the police station waited for me there to get my keys. And then she drove me over to the tow yard that you had called around, I guess, and got the the number and the information for. And you said I was going to have to pay like a hundred bucks or something like that. But by the time I got there to pick up my car, I didn't even have to pay the hundred bucks. It was like everything was aligned and divine. And I didn't have to worry about it and anything because you'd already taken care of it. And I I just got in my car and I sat down and I was just like, let me call this woman. Like, oh my God, thank you so much. I just, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry I acted so recklessly, but you know, that midterm was super important. I needed to get there and get it, you know, finished. And everybody around me was like, you know, Trees called me and she asked me and yeah, I told her that I'd help out. I told her that I'd do this. And I was, oh in awe that somebody would love me that much to do that for me and to fix my problems, fix the things that I get myself into sillily. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, another one, another memory is coming to me. Oh, I feel like Raven Simone. Oh, there's another one. Valentine's Day, Circles 2015. We sick as Fuck, I mean sick. And I want to say you got me sick 
because I feel like you was the sickly one in the relationship in the beginning. But don't hold me to that because I don't really know for sure, for sure. I just feel it. Mm -hmm. Either way, we are stuffed up, full of NyQuil, cough drops, tissue papers, just booger, snot, mucus. We have temperatures. We have body chills, body aches. We are tired. We're fatigued. And we decide. Let's go to White Castle. Let's go to White Castle. I love White Castle. You love White Castle. Look, they didn't decorate it all nice and cute. Well, hell, it looks like we can just walk up in there. Let's just walk up in there. What? A. What a. What a surprise. Like, how serendipitous for us to not know anything about how White Castle celebrates valentine's day and if you don't know they decorate they, i mean they go all out they have a hostess they have a podium and as the years progressed this became a tradition right and i want to say two years we were sick at white castle eden but it <laughs> it's like movie cute again it's rom-com cute and i think that's important for me because I like to do rom-com cute. So for someone to do rom-com cute for me and or with me, it's like, I am, I'm living a rom-com. This is my life. My, li my life is a, is a romantic comedy. It's, it's, it's awesome. And so there we are, sick as hell in a booth, in a just Cupid thrown up place of a of a white castle restaurant there's hearts everywhere and arrows everywhere and pink here and red there and there's this lady is <laughs> in this red power suit and she's like five foot nothing little round white lady who had really rosy cheeks it was just literally the best way we could have ever chosen to celebrate valentine's day we ate our favorite foods and ate so many cheese sticks we were even more sick it was it was great and so again how could you not like how could you not fall in love how could you not want to be with that person every day from then on like it's just it's just natural and I feel like then we started to do more joint household things uh, we got that Sam's Club membership you were working at AT&T as a kick-ass manager in the West Lafayette store and I was an RA at Park Place for IUPUI and we were like let's buy groceries together because you had found out me and groceries just go go way back it, it, it was a whole thing with me in college and getting groceries like I would be an extreme couponer I would be getting like budget really really heavily discounted meats and and stuff and you were like I cannot have you living like that we're gonna find a solution and we did you did Sam's Club membership we would go and get food um and separate it so we would go get a big bag of broccoli and in that big bag of broccoli four packs of smaller broccoli um packages would be in there and I would take two and you would take two we would get chicken wings and I would take one half of the bag you would take the other half like sauces even we get ranch and it'd be the dual containers. I take one, you take one. So we've just done a really good job of partnering from the beginning. 
And I just love the hell out of you, man. Like, who would think to have a Sam's Club membership? I didn't think to have a Sam's Club membership. I just felt like that was so adult. Like, oh, my my girlfriend, my lady, my old lady has a Sam's Club membership. Yeah. We split our groceries. Yeah. Uh-huh. What what's your little college relationship about? <laughs> like how fancy. Fuck you. I got a Sam's Club membership. I don't need this. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, I promised uh, to give the details about me actually proposing. And so here is my version, my rendition of our proposal. Okay, so the day is your birthday, September 29th, 10 days after our anniversary and 10 days after we celebrated our first anniversary with a beautiful, beautiful evening. We went to Harry and Izzy's, which was my favorite restaurant at the time and had a delicious steak dinner and that shrimp cocktail. (laughs) And I told you, baby, this cocktail sauce is something different. Nah, don't eat a lot. What you do, the dead devil that you are, You took so much of that shrimp cocktail sauce. It has so much freshly grated horseradish. I don't know if horseradish is grated or not, but I just feel like it is the way that shit burn and open your nose up. But the look on your face, if I could have recorded that moment, I would have. And I want to say that I did. And if that is lost footage, we are truly, truly missing out on something great. But I just remember belly aching, laughing so intensely at the face that you made and me saying, I told you not to eat that much. Oh my God. I'm like cracking up. (laughs) But then we spend uh, the rest of the evening on this horse carriage. Like, are you kidding me? You got me a carriage ride around downtown for our anniversary i don't even think i paid for anything like i I, uh, it's just again how could you not propose to this woman how could you not okay so we fast forward 10 days later now this whole time i have the ring right told y'all we went to the jewelry store in the summertime And I'd gotten a refund from school and it was around like a little under $4,000, I think. And I went to get this ring and the ring was around 2,300 or something like that. And I just bought it. I just bought it. I was scared and I did it anyway because I was, I I wasn't scared in, in the way that I could have talked myself out of it. I was scared that I knew I was making a life altering decision and also that it felt good. Like it was this electricity about, about the decision that I was making about the the purchase that I was making. And I must've touched that ring every day, every single day until the day that I gave it to you. And I had called your best friend, Abe on my way to RA camp where I was texting her. And I was telling her, hey, I got this ring. Like, I'm going to propose. I really love her. Like, you know, what do you think? And 
She's telling me all these things. I think y'all are going to be great for each other. I've not seen her this happy. Like, you know, do it. Don't be scared. She's going to fucking say yes. And I told my mom, my mom is my best friend. You know this. And again, these people literally just left me with you. I feel like she may have asked like, okay, well, you know, why do you want to propose? You know, why do you think she's the one? You know, all of the all of the typical questions that your parents would probably ask you when you're when you're about to propose. And I was like, great with my responses. Like the things that I was saying out loud surprised me. Maybe more than it surprised my mom. And I was like, wow, that was deep. That was pretty insightful, India. Where the hell did that come from? Okay, come on in, Shakespeare. And so (laughs) we get to your birthday, and I bought you Amazon Alexa, the Echo. And we were telling it to tell you happy birthday and all different type of things. And all day, I am just buzzing with this anticipation because I didn't know when I was going to propose to you and I thought it was so fucking played out to propose to your wife on her birthday you know it's kind of like a oh you don't want to remember the date or you don't want to forget the date so you got to do it on the day that you know you'll remember like I didn't want it to be that but I still ended up proposing on your birthday and all day I'm just messing with you you know I'm just playing around with the idea because again I'm not super sold on it. I'm I'm walking around with it as I feel like all people who are proposing to their partners do. You know, if they don't have a, a set date, it's just like, listen, I'm going to carry this motherfucking ring with me all day, every day. Because you never know when the moment might strike. I need to be ready. You got to stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready. And so did I was staying ready. But I hadn't asked you. We went to dinner and I would say something like, if I propose to you, would you say yes? And you'd be like, what? I mean, are you proposing to me? Are you proposing to me? Is that your plan? Is that what you want to do? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just asking. I don't want to be embarrassed, you know. And maybe there was some truth to that question or, you know, to those comments. But I don't think you were going to. I don't think you were going to say no. Um, Something that I did think would have influenced or impacted your decision or the way you felt about the decision was having your mom on board. And so earlier on that that day, I called your mom, scary, scary little woman, just small and just frightening, terrifying, Um, especially back then when I feel like I was doing everything I could to try to impress her or maybe not impress her, but make her see that you were safe with me. Like I was, I, I, I liked you and loved you for for you. And I wasn't trying to change you or take advantage of you or harm you in any way. You know, I just kept trying to push my good intentions her way in regard to you. And so I called her and I'm like, Hey, Mrs. Thompson, it's India. How are you? And she was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she hates me. <laughs> I'm like, 
she knows she knows why i called somebody told her i've been walking around with this ring for two months lord oh my gosh she's gonna say no and so i think i started off something like you know i think you know that i really love your daughter i think you can see that i I care about her and that she's going to be okay with me and i want to propose i am going to propose and I wanted to call you and to ask for your blessing and to kind of get your permission, I guess. Well, not I guess, but to get your permission. And she was like, it did not go rom-com. Well, maybe this is exactly how rom-coms go because you know how that that parent is like, mm-mm, I am not impressed. I am underwhelmed. I have questions, suspicions, and I'm about to talk to you for 40 minutes about marriage and what it means in the bible and just all this other stuff to hell scare tactic me i guess (laughs) maybe she was the only one that was like are you really are you really gonna do this because my side was like go do it do the thing but she she told me a lot about her and your dad and their relationship and their marriage and how they you know got together and even still you know, she was like, I think you care about my daughter. I think you love her. I know you make her happy because I see it. I see her. I see her happy. The, you know, the happiest that I've seen her. But you know how I feel about this. You know, I don't believe in same sex marriage. I don't I don't think what you all are doing is right in the eyes of God. And so, you know, no, you can't have my blessing. And I was like, oh, my God just crushed my heart and I couldn't let the conversation in there you know because at that point we'd been on the phone for like she did repeat it because I want to say that was the first thing that she said after I was like I'm, I'm calling to get your blessings basically she was like listen you know where I stand on this same-sex marriage gay shit it is not for me the lord the lord okay that's it that's all and so you know I'm the, ever the, ever the talker ever the gift of gab I'm like, listen, I'm just going to keep talking and telling you about how much I care for your daughter, how much I love her. And just, I just really want to do this. And by the end, I could have decided to let that, you know, comment be the last comment, but I was like, nope. Okay. Language. Words are important. I said, okay, I understand that. And maybe I shouldn't use a, a term that is so directly related to the Bible. So, okay, well, I I won't ask for your blessing. I'll just ask, do you think that I can make your daughter happy for the rest of her life? And that's when she was like, I I do think you can make my daughter happy. I see that you have already made her happy. And so I do think you'll be able to make her happy for the rest of her life. And that basically that's, that's me giving you permission. And I was like, whoo. Thanks the Lord. Thank you so much because I just really is it was really important for me to get not your blessing but you know have your input on it and to let you know because I want you to know that I'm taking this seriously and I also bought a ring and I'm already broke. <laughs> if this would have went sideways sideways, I just the return policy. Oh Lord, I would have had to walk around with this ring every day for the rest of my life. And so I came upstairs 
And I was so happy. I mean, on cloud nine, like, oh, I felt so accomplished. Like India, whoo, yes, you did that. Check that off. Don't worry about that no more. And I wanted to tell you so bad, but instead I was like, come on, let's take a walk. And we walked down to the canal, which was our favorite, favorite spot. And we got to the life cycle mural and if you're in Indianapolis or if you are familiar with Indianapolis it's the life cycle of a woman and she goes from being a um a young girl you know like a like an infant or a kid all the way up into death and turning into a butterfly and I didn't know where again flying by the the seat of my pants here I didn't know when I was going to propose where I was going to propose how I was going to propose the words I was going to use to propose it was all just, you know, based on the situation, just circumstantial. And I'm I'm also, you know, knowing myself, knowing that I'm good with words. And once I get to going, honey, I'm going. So we walk and we walk and we talk and we talk and we sit down on this bench and I keep on messing with you. I'm talking about proposing and I'm talking about marrying you. And you're like, stop playing with me. What are you saying? Why do you keep talking about this? And I was like, what if I told you I asked your mama for your hand in marriage? <laughs> I mean, I'm just really, really fucking with you at this point. And you're like, what? What are you saying? Did you call my mama for real? And I'm like, yeah, I can call her right now. You want to talk to her? You can ask her. I mean, she's going to tell you the truth. Your mama's not going to lie. But um, I stopped messing with you because you were like, hey, okay, jokes are sad, girl. Like, cut it out. Tell me the truth. Like, are you about to propose to me? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, I'm just messing with you. You know, I'll stop lying. I'm just lying. Girl, I'm a liar. And so I had to be in an RA meeting or something like that that night. And I was like, oh, shit, girl, we need to be walking back. So, again, I'm thinking, OK, well, I'm not going to propose because we're walking back like we're task oriented. We're focused. We've switched gears. And then we started walking past that life cycle mural. And I was like, this is your moment, India, now or never. And so I pulled the ring out. Or pull the ring box out. And I, you know, touched you so that you can stop walking. And I was like, down on one knee. Open up the box. And the words just started coming in. To this day, I don't really remember exactly what I said. But I do remember the part where I said, as I'm walking past this life cycle mural, I don't want to spend another day without you being my wife like I want you to be a part of my life I want you to be a big part of my life and you know in today's terms I would say you're a very very big part of my universe if not the biggest part of my universe aside from myself so passing that life cycle mural I was like this is it and I'm talking and I'm talking and I'm talking and I'm looking at you and I'm trying not to look at you, but I'm looking at you and I get done and I'm like, you know, will you marry me? And you're like looking at me like, is this bitch crazy? <laughs> is she really on her knee? Girl, yes. And you, you swear up and down that you say yes quickly. And baby, I was down there on my knee. Okay, on my one knee, I'm down on bending knee. You took your time, in my opinion, 
And I'm looking at you like, oh, my God, please say yes. And I'm sure in my eyes, it looked like a, oh, God, this was supposed to be a moment. But now I don't know if you're going to say no. And you're like, yes, yes, get up. Oh, my God, get up. And so I get up and you're hugging me so hard and rocking so violently from side to side in your excitement that you nearly drown us. The canal is a canal of water, okay? I can't swim yet, okay? You was hugging me dangerously close to that land. I mean, dangerously close. And that's also something that I really remember about my proposal story. Almost dying. I count that as a near-death experience. I ain't gonna lie. But anyway, after you say yes, I get a text message like, hey girl, where you at? (laughs) RA meeting starts in 10. And I'm like, bitch, what? I'd completely forgotten that. The only... The only reason why we started walking was because I said, oh, my God, we I've got an RA uh, meeting. I need to start, you know, making my way back to Park Place. And so now we are running down the canal, mad dash of excitement. And, oh, my God, I can't be late. I'm going to have to sing. I'm a little teapot because I'm late. Oh, this is going to be too much. And then it fucking starts to rain. I don't know what it is about us running in the rain. But it's played out, okay? It be played out. And you know what? I think we ran in the rain a couple more times after that. So maybe not. Maybe not played out in 2015. But we race back to Park Place. I get to my meeting and I'm like, out of breath. Damn. Hey, y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. The reason I'm late is because I just got me some, some, pour me out. Don't know the words, never learned the words. And again, I'm making them up and also trying to tell them that I'm fucking engaged. So I don't give a fuck about being late to this meeting. Bitch, I got a fiance. Fiance spelled like Beyonce. Put an accent on that hoe. I don't care about being late to this meeting. I, I could have skipped it and taken whatever repercussions. Okay. But I felt it necessary to give you a moment to kind of, you know, just sit with it, be by yourself. You're the one that got proposed to. I know you wanted to call your mom and, you know, all of the things, share the exciting news, and I'm so glad you did. And when I got back from that meeting, it was like, ah, I got a Beyonce. It was great. That was that was a great moment. And so, yeah, that that is my rendition of our proposal story. And I'm so glad that you said yes. I also want to do an honorable mention of um, instead of a journal entry, (laughs) um, a recipe entry. Do you remember when I used to leave you post-it notes with recipes on them all around your kitchen? It used to be on the inside of the cabinets, on the inside of the closet door, the pantry door. Oh, it was the little moments. It was the little things. It was the big moments. It was the big things. You're just awesome. You're just awesome. All right. That's enough for today. I'll see you back here tomorrow for the next year on the list, which is 2016. The one where we say I do. (laughs) Before turning to kiss me with the passion and ferocity of the goddess of love, Venus herself, open your Spotify app 
and check out the curated playlist for today's episode that I've created for you. Remember, you are so worth this and so much more. Thank you for loving me and allowing me to love you in return. Now, kiss me, woman. I deserve it. (laughs) 